welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined uh, this afternoon by an uh, old friend of mine who I've known since high school. Um, we were in BBYO together, the Jewish youth group. Um, he graduated um, in film production uh, at Ball State University in 2018. And, uh, he now works as a production assistant and um, I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. Good to catch up with him. Uh, thank you for joining me, Jack Salzman. Thank you, Mr. Ben Slowly. It is great to hear from you. How how are you? Uh, how's your day going, man? It's going well. It's you know I I'm it, whenever I've been working long days for a lot of my stuff, so it's kind of one of those good like thank God I'm not working kind of day especially on a Friday too. So it's like, I have Friday off. I can enjoy this to the fullest and just be like, ah, I need this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, right on, dude. How have you spent your day off so far? Honestly, not a whole, not doing too much really. Like, so I'm, it's kind of one of those situations where like when I work long days, the best thing to do on a day off is literally nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm someone who is usually not content with doing nothing. I always kind of want to do something, but it's almost like I'm on my feet for so long and I'm doing enough that it's like nothing is really the best therapy for long work days. Yeah. And something that you like, you don't need to like do anything um, or you can still do little things like, you know, watch TV or listen to music or catch up on movies or something like that but you know none of that stuff is like stress inducing or at least it shouldn't be so right exactly like i mean if i were to do anything like of the utmost productive on a day off it'd probably be a bike ride like that would just be kind of my day well spent yeah yeah well um it's getting to be uh peak bike weather uh coming around here soon oh yeah i am stoked it's feels like it's been a long time coming too yeah yeah i i i feel that are you uh vaccinated yet i am dose one i got my moderna shot just the other day i booked it literally the night before at like 2 a.m so it was just definitely you know looking you know pretty like by and large to find the openings because the phase that i belong in with my work just opened at the top of the week yeah. So I was able to get a vaccine, at least my first one, which was good. And I'm, you know, you know, my next one won't be until the 27th, but just, you know, the sense of relief of getting the first one down is definitely enough to like keep my fears a little bit at ease. Yeah, I agree. I got my first one last week. Uh, so yeah, I'm getting my second one in two weeks, but I'm, I'm actually a Pfizer gang. I'm team Pfizer. There you go. Yeah. You Moderna bastard. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, uh, Jack, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so, um, yeah, uh, it's not very often I get to have people I've known since high school on the show, but uh, I've had a couple, really, I think you're only like the second or third episode with BBYO people I've had on here, but uh, you had asked a while back to uh, um, 
to enter the platform and I was like <laughs> I I got you so uh here we are and uh you gave me a little bit of a um caught me a little bit up to speed about what you've been up to you know um I knew you were at Ball State and you were doing like the TV film stuff but you had mentioned you uh shared that some of the projects you've worked on um in, in production which I'm looking forward to uh talking about um but yeah, we've known each other since sophomore year, I believe, of that high school. That sounds about right. I would say, yeah, 2016. No, like 2016 is college. My bad. Uh, 2013. Yeah, that that definitely, I would ballpark it right around that time as well. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I, I joined toward, like, the end of my sophomore year. I joined BBYO. BBYO was one of my best decisions I ever made in high school. Oh, yeah, right. Like, you know, coming from a very horrible, like, middle school experience, like, you know, just dealing with, like, stupid kids that kind of only knew about Jews via, like, South Park. So, like, having to deal with, like, kids just, you know, whether it was just, like, repeatedly just, you know, throwing the word Jew out like it's nothing or, like, stop being a Jew, you know, all that kind of, like, anti, I'm not going to mince words, just horrible anti-Semitism, no matter how you slice it. And, but it was like, you know, BBYO was definitely that kind of disconnect from a lot of that, especially going to a non-Jewish high school. You know, like I belong to that very rare group of people who went to a Catholic high school as a Jew. Like, and, you know, obviously that kind of came with a very interesting set of circumstances. And I guess BBYO kind of allowed me to be who I was and not feel like the odd one out. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Like, it was definitely like I joined in a time in high school where like, I wasn't doing too well. And like, I really needed like, new people to be surrounded by. And that was a great conduit to yeah, make new friends, be passionate about something outside of high school. And yeah, like, just like, find community. So and doing that definitely made me want to find the Jewish community when I got to Milwaukee. Yeah. And it's hard because like, you know, Midwest cities, they're they're big, but it's like they're so big almost to the point where it's a lot of digging to the point where it's like, especially Milwaukee, you know, you take Chicago and like just greater Chicago, you know, okay, this neighborhood has them, this suburb has them, but you go to Milwaukee and it's just kind of a much more kind of wide terrain of like, where am I going to find my people considering one of the biggest universities in the city of Milwaukee is a Catholic one. Yeah, yeah, I I was on the other side of town from that, um, but but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's similar to Chicago. There's a good amount of Jews on the North Shore, so um, the, the, there's definitely a presence here. Um, have you been to Milwaukee much? Yeah, Milwaukee's Milwaukee's probably my favorite day trip city because I'll uh, and I and I feel bad in it that because I probably come up more often than not in have felt bad that I've never hit you up because of it because more often than not I'll go to Milwaukee either with my dad or with like a couple friends or whatever and it'll be like one of those things where it's like why don't I just send you a message like you know in your backyard area more often than not hey that's all good man I'm I don't leave my house a whole lot like unless like I'm going on a walk or something like I don't do shit man like I'm doing this most of the time so don't feel bad I'm kind of I've kind of become a homebody, but 
next time you are up here, definitely hit me up. Yeah, especially like, yeah, <laughs> no excuses now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, After I begged a- and begged to get you to put me on the show and you finally caved on that, I feel like that's the least I could do to pay you back. <laughs> um, no sweat, man. It's uh, It was just a matter of time. And uh, yeah, this is this is a good sort of like catalyst to like revit to revitalize that. Yeah. So yeah, Jack. So I guess like to start. So you grew up in uh, what was it, um, Evanston or? So uh, where I grew up is in Chicago, but it's like the far furthest northwest side neighborhood you can be in. And it practically is on the armpit of Lincolnwood, Illinois. Yeah. And you know it's. It's hard to explain to people that I actually am from Chicago, but live, you know, growing up in a neighborhood that is very almost pseudo suburban in how it's designed, you know, upper middle class, you know, nice family homes, you know, it, it has everything you could want in the suburbs, but also be only 20 minutes from downtown Chicago. Sure. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Um, well, so I, I guess, um, you know, being as your uh, film TV guy, well, for one, when you were a kid, um, what, what did you want to be when you grew up, like when you were little? So it's interesting. When I was little, I always loved cooking and I still do. So, of course, there was the side of me that's like, oh, I want to be a chef. Yeah. Then reality realized the like finances of that, like realizing, you know, owning a restaurant is not exactly a walk in the park. Yeah. But there was something about video that always kind of stuck out to me when I was a little kid, when I was probably anywhere from like 10 to 13 years old, I had one of those flip camcorders and I kind of loved to shoot little videos with that. Just like just random ideas that popped in my head just try and video it. Cause I don't know, it sounded fun. And my mom thinks I credited, I was the first to do like almost a prototypical version of the GoPro. Cause I would put the flip camera on the, my bike helmet and then try and video myself biking with that on so how'd that go did it turn out you know I actually have no recollection you know so I'm not too sure I would assume it probably was okay but it was one of those things where it's like you know however many years ago we we didn't have the simplicity of you know trying to just mount cameras on anything make it work it was kind of one of those things where you think you got it you think it's like going to sit there, you start pedaling and it just falls right on the ground. <laughs> yeah, right. We, we learn the laws of physics very quickly in real time that way. Exactly. Considering I never took physics in high school, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, so you wanted to started like kind of just having fun with it as like a little toy. But then like, I imagine you found you actually could do pretty cool stuff with that if you took it seriously exactly and when I also when I was younger right around the same age I loved writing short stories whether it was for school projects or just just because I had that you know thought in my head of putting something out there so I guess you know just that kind of combined love of like storytelling through a couple different you know volumes really kind of materialized in a way of how I want to like live my life I guess sure so did you have much opportunity to like build on that in high school? High school, no, because because it was a Catholic high school, it was very much the all the all the money pooled in went to athletics, fine arts didn't get squat. So 
you know, I didn't, I, and it wasn't something, you know, it kind of, it kind of disappeared for a while of that being my wish of what I wanted to do. So it wasn't like in high school, like, you know, I didn't pursue it as strongly and it kind of went in the far back pocket of mine, just like, maybe I'll do something. And if anything, I would have decided to go more of the writing route just because it seemed a little more practical at the time. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um, what made you decide Ball State? So Ball State came very well recommended. We had a family friend who had two, they had two kids. One went to IU, one went to Ball State. And he went to Ball State for acting, but the parents could not stop talking about how great the school was. They loved the campus. They loved the city. They loved everything about it. And it was one of those things where it was like, you know, that with their endorsement, it was, it almost seemed like the writing was on the wall. Although I did apply to four colleges total. That was like Wisconsin Whitewater. It was like Colorado Boulder. It was Ball State and University of Arizona. Like you couldn't go more all over the place. Yeah. But it was like, I applied to, you know, several different schools, but it was like, my fate was pretty well sealed. It was kind of like apply to these other schools just to see, but I kind of knew where I was going to end up. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, tell me more about the town of Muncie. I've never been. <laughs> so Muncie is a former Rust Belt town that's kind of, for lack of better words, has seen some shit, sure. you know, they had they were famous back in the day for so their first little bit of trivia was that you know the ball jars that a lot of people like to drink out of is from the family of brothers who aptly the university is named from so back in like the turn of the century when there was like a boom in natural gas they all of a sudden created this plant turning out these glass jars that have since become everyone's favorite you know drinking receptacle gotcha but um, so like beyond that, though, you know, Muncie had like GM, they had all these different automotive companies there. And the best way I describe it is they kind of had like a Detroit effect a little bit. Once the once the automotive industry went left town, the town kind of suffered with it, unfortunately, and it kind of became crippled with major drug problems. So but it's finally picked itself up because Ball State's bolstered the economy of Muncie so strongly it's really kind of created a very nice, charming, small town feel. And it's cool because the community is very involved with the university and it, it's not like the university has to try too hard to get the, the community to go to their games. The community has got to go to the sporting events because it's just another leisure activity for families in the area. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, that would make sense. Um, for sure, considering, yeah, like the universities are so economical for small towns like that. You know, you look at like Champaign, Urbana, you know, for example, right. too. Yeah. How, like, did you feel like it was um, pretty easy to acclimate and like get comfortable there once you arrived? So for me, it was interesting, you know, like doing BBYO and stuff like that. My parents, you know, I was afraid of like leaving my parents. I'm an only child. So I was like, oh God, I'm leaving my parents for longer periods of time. What the hell is that going to be like? But my mom reassured me because I had grown up going to summer camps, whether it was BBYO or other ones, she kind of reassured me. It was like, 
okay, just think of it like you're going to camp just for a little bit longer. Yeah. And you know, when I thought when I thought about it, put it into perspective, it was like, you know, that's a very great way of putting it. It really did have that sort of feel where it's like, yeah, the first, you know, day when you like leave your parents for, you know, God knows how long, it's going to feel a little unnerving. But, you know, once you find your groove, you meet your people and just kind of like ease up, you know, the stress goes away. And then it's almost like, you know, despite, you know, wanting to go home, you almost feel like, eh, maybe I'll just hang here for a little bit. more. Yeah, exactly how I felt too, when I got to Milwaukee, like, yeah, it was hard because, like, I didn't really know anybody when I got here. Like, I knew a couple people vaguely, um, but not, like, people I knew well enough to, like, you know, use as a liaison to, like, make friends. So, um, yeah, now I, I still sometimes feel that way where it still feels like we're on, like, an extended vacation from mom and dad's. Um, I only see them, like, two or three times a year now, but it's it still feels like you know i'm going to be coming home sometime soon but i'm just hanging out in the meantime right exactly and for me it was weird you know because it's a you know it's a medium large school in the middle of indiana like and do they they attract like a very like you know a small chunk of like kids from chicago you know i actually met one of my friends in the greater realm of my major was an hf alum a couple years yes so like yeah she's dude she's killing it dude she was we had class together she's awesome yeah she's in like madison i think and just you know doing great things and it's like you know you couldn't be more happy just to hear you know just how friends succeed and stuff yeah yeah oh yeah dude um that's that's all. i remember when you told me that i was like man small world like that's great right did you like kind of start immediately with like the TV film production sort of thing? Like it's funny you asked that. So for me, I, I, I knew the problem is like, so and it wasn't really a problem. So ball state has it very interesting. So like the major starts as like a pre-major. So you take these like prerequisite classes and then if you pass them with like, you know, a B average or whatever, then you're in the full program. And I kind of, you know, knew, what I, what I was getting myself into with that, but I never knew which direction I wanted to go to. So I kind of switched my emphases here and there. And even at one point in time, my sophomore year, I decided just to see, I declared a minor in fashion because I had this idea of trying to create like a similar Jack Threads like platform at the time. And, you know, I thought that would have been cool. But then, you know, I realized, yeah, then I decided, you know, that was one attempt of like trying to figure out my life and then the next one was kind of going more of the social media marketing aspect because I didn't feel like I was cut out to do the actual like hands-on technical you know production work you know like I felt like I was only a subpar videographer and like even worse audio guy so like I didn't think I would really kind of fit the mold there to the point where I could actually benefit from an internship or potential job out of school. Okay. So yeah, I guess like, uh, tell me about the program and finding your niche. Yeah. So I'll be the first to admit, like I'm definitely somebody who can say with conviction, I've learned more through my work than my academics. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And like, and that's the problem was like, you know, because when I met people, you know, like they ask if I went to film school, and when they're saying film school, they're namely referring to Columbia College or DePaul or, or you know, a school that's got a very well reputable film program, which you know I kind of you know bite my tongue and be like, no, I didn't. You know, I went to school, and like in theory, in the best way I look at it is. Most of the kids that were in my same major, what are they doing with media work? Maybe they're working at agencies or like fortune, you know, level companies as the video specialist or something of that nature or like, you know, event, you know, kind of work. But only like, you know, maybe less than 5% of my friends from my graduating class are actually like, you know, trying to make an effort to work in the film and television industry specifically. Sure. Yeah, I, I could see that, you know, it's because it's like, when it comes to finding a job out of college, you kind of just have to take what you get, like what what's available. And yeah, I definitely struggled with that. I, I mean, I'm still going to the DIY, going the DIY route with doing like the music journalism. But, um, you know, it's the money's not there. Like, I'm still... You know, I've still had to work like service industry in the meantime, like, but I'd rather do that than like work some corporate job that I'm like selling my soul to and something that drains the passion from me. Like I, I'm very sensitive to that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's hard, you know, like with the, with liberal arts, it's really hard to like, yeah, like, you want to do one thing, but you have but the jobs are another yeah i think it's hard also because the way society kind of views like jobs and like just career development it's never been very graceful towards the liberal arts because of it being a very all over the place kind of aspect it's not cut and dry and it doesn't you know immediately have a ladder to success it's one of those things where you really kind of got to go through the ringer and kind of find success for yourself and not just go up some ladder, you know. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you ended? You came out of it specialized in the right ways. What co- you mean, college? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The program at Ball State. Uh, yes and no. Yes, I kind of got my, you know, I got my foundational technical skills better because you know my high school didn't have any of that stuff, so I didn't know how to like you know shoot and edit video that well beforehand. So obviously, I was grateful to learn all that stuff but there's so many different aspects you learn in the field that it's you know it's kind of subjective to the person itself so it's like you're not gonna not everyone's gonna have the same experience so it's like there's no way to really instructionalize it you can't like teach like how to anticipate how things are going to happen it just kind of comes with the territory and it's kind of a person by person kind of situation yeah definitely yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I learned a decent amount from my academics, you know, but it's almost like a lot of the things I like feel like I learned most were from like electives I took rather than like the core classes. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. And I think that's with a lot of things, you know, there's certain industries that are easy to kind of like, you know, learn everything you need to know or get yourself equipped. You know, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I feel like, you know, for my industry, it's something where, you know, getting a master's isn't exactly a helpful aid. It, it looks good on paper, but it's really not going to like, you know, launch 
me to a better place career-wise. And I don't want to be like more thousands and thousands of dollars in debt either. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, so what happened after school? Where'd you work from there? So it took me a while to kind of fall into my groove. So I, it's funny you were mentioning corporate stuff. I worked at a Whole Food. I worked at the Whole Foods by my parents' house for almost like a year and a half, kind of doing that. And it was, you know, it was Whole Foods. So like, you know, grocery store, customer service related work. And it was fine. You know, I was making 15 an hour because Amazon bucks are, you know, good bucks. But at any rate, you know, it felt like I was kind of stymieing a little bit my path towards my career. But if anything, it was probably good just so I could start making money because like coming out of college and, you know, kind of needing that kick in the ass, like, okay, you got to do some form of work. You got to make money regardless at this point now. So, so I worked at Whole Foods for about a year and a half. And then it was like October of 2019 where I lost my job there due to some really kind of like silly circumstances. And, you know, that definitely was an interesting and very defining moment in my life within the last recent years. I lost my job and it basically put me in like a three month period of like really horrible depression and like, wasn't sure what was going to come about it. It was like, this was a job I really actually liked when I thought about it. Like I literally saw my job there go up in smoke and it was weird. It was like, there goes, you know, meeting all these great, you know, people, both customers and coworkers alike, you know, and everything. It was very, very hard for me to kind of like, you know, escape that for a while. So after that, I kind of, that's when I was like, okay, you know, it took me a while to like kind of realize what this could amount to in it. And I was kind of, you know, kind of self-conscious about like my work. It's like, great. What am I going to do now? How am I going to find work now? Yeah. But I, so I actually started doing a little bit of like extras work on like some of the like film and TV shows, you know, just to get myself on set, just in like, just kind of meet people. And I kind of knew going into it, like acting was not going to be, the path I was going to go I wanted to go the production route yeah so like rather than getting caught up in the like hoopla of like acting and like everything that falls into that I started trying to meet the people that I thought you know seemed helpful to like kind of guide me on my path so I kind of just started talking with more people kind of getting my name out there however possible and then you know obviously kind of flash forward to the present you know things kind of worked out in favorably and you know I'm thankful that I've been able to have some pretty cool opportunities working on a, f a few different tv shows and even like a you know a blockbuster film that's you know set to come out next year so I mean yeah yeah that's wicked that is that is pretty awesome uh I'd love to hear yeah like so in the last year like what have been the some of the productions you've been a part of like uh Tell me what's been on your itinerary. So basically, um, so let's see. The, one of the first things I, so I did a lot of, so this summer was busy for me. I did a lot of like independent stuff. I, I joined like, it was a production company called like Hollywood Casting and Film, which has since gone from doing mostly like short films that they post on the internet to more so like aggregating actors to like submit for other people's short films. But I worked on various projects there. It was not paid. It was an unpaid internship. But it was just good getting myself on a set, you know, 
doing a few things and I was able to wear a lot of different hats too. I assistant directed a film. I, you know, just kind of did general production work for some things. I did assistant camera work. I did, I wore these different hats and it was cool because it was like, I didn't get to do any of this stuff in school. So this is really like my first shot at like cutting my teeth at, you know, industry related material. So I did that for a bit and that froze up around October because that's when Chicago saw a very strong surge in COVID cases. So that kind of stopped. And then, yeah, it was interesting. I kind of fell into the film industry. I like started working on shows in the COVID era, for lack of better words. And so, you know, the main shows that I was doing, you know, like, as you said in the introduction, you know, I've been working on Chicago Fire a little bit. And, but the biggest one, the like broad or the blockbuster film that I was referring to was the new Batman movie that Robert Pattinson is in. They filmed a little bit here in Chicago and I was actually lucky enough to work on that set for a few days. And that was a lot of fun. And to, I guess to put the answer into everyone's head because everyone's been asking me, it's like, oh, was Robert Pattinson there? I hope he was there. No, he was not. It was just stunt work and like exterior shots of the city because Chicago always gives that lovely resemblance of Gotham. Yeah. Right, of course. But it was interesting learning the industry I wanted to be in in a very interesting predicament. Like, like how is one how does one do filming in a pandemic? Yeah, and it took a long time for the industry to really kind of figure out how to navigate it. But we finally kind of figured it out, and it's very interesting. So now everything is divided into what are called like different zones. So. Like there's zone A, there's zone B, there's zone C. Zone C, going backwards and forth. Zone C is people outside the set, nowhere nearby. So it'd be like if you were working on a show and your friend, you go to visit your friend, your friend is not involved with the show. So your friend is in that fringed zone. But then zone B is what I do now because it's they're not on the immediate set. They're not like up close with the actors. So in that case, the protocol is they don't have to get tested regularly. They get tested once a week. They get the PCR test, you know, the one that takes a couple days. And then, you know, they can work the two days after their test pending negative result. Sure. Okay. I got you. Um, and then I'm assuming zone A, like they get tested frequently. They get tested. Yeah. They get tested like the morning of work so like if they show up to work they're going to get tested before they go to work yeah yeah okay gotcha yeah um, and it's crazy because they enforce it very rigidly on set too you know because of how you know six feet you know it's just maintaining these distance and there's a whole department that's been formed on the film set that's devoted to keeping you know vigilant eyes and making sure people aren't, you know, screwing around and for lack of better words, doing what Tom Cruise had his meltdown about without the meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, as so as production assistant, what are some of your like in your role? Like what are some of your duties there? Okay, so it's interesting. So being a production assistant is a very kind of like, you know, it's a very blanket, blanketed work title. And it depends on the nature of the production, but mostly what I've been doing is what is something what's called locking up. So like if we're filming on location somewhere in the city, 
we got to make sure set is completely like secure and safe at all possible times. So with our job, our job is to basically surround the perimeter of where the set is from the outside and keep all pedestrians pushed away from where the set is so they do not, you know, intrude or worse, get themselves into danger. Take like Batman, for example, we were having, you know, stunt drivers driving motorcycles at like 40, 50 miles an hour down a very empty, busy Chicago street. So like, it's very necessary to keep people as safe as possible. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you're almost like, it's almost like security. In a sense, yeah. But thank, thankfully, it is fully conducive to the production. It's not like you feel like, oh, great, I'm just yelling at people the whole time. I'm just right. doing I'm just doing grunt work because someone's got to do it. Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. And it's definitely, this. it's kind of like, you know, it's one of those things that everyone kind of has to do. And it's not, you know, it's not like something you can really kind of avoid. But what's kind of cool is to kind of speak to like the variety within the tenets of being a production assistant is once you kind of get your feel for it a little bit more, then you can, concentrate the department you're trying to go into and learn the craft of that so like some people want to do camera operations so you got to go you know you become a camera production assistant and kind of learn how to set up monitors and how to clean lenses and you know do things like that or there's people that want to go the art route or set design you know things like that there's a whole bunch of different types of pas for it and for me I'm trying to go into the assistant directing side of things, but in order to, you know, get to that level, which is a very long grind, but I'm hell bent on getting there, needless to say, you know, you kind of just got to stick it out doing these kind of, you know, tedious tasks, but it's, you know, the good thing is at least you feel, you know, what you're doing is important. It's not like you're just doing some dumb task and it doesn't merit anything. Right. Yeah. It's not something that's like, no one's going to notice if it's done or not. Like it actually does make a difference in the outcome. Like for example, yes, cleaning lenses, like that shit collects dusts. There's, there are a lot of nuances and technicalities to a TV slash film set. And that's why like the credit section is like, we weren't really taught to like value the credit section of movies or shows when we were growing up, you know, because every little aspect, every little, you know, element of the film had some kind of like planning or blueprint behind it that someone else made happen. And so, yeah. And it's hard, it's hard, especially as like, kind of kind of a, you know, a young viewer that, you know, you know, you see the director and you see whoever the, like the company behind the project is and that's it. Yeah. You know, you see uh, Martin Scorsese and, you know, whoever, you know, the affiliated production company is, but that's all you kind of gravitate towards, you know, in, when you, before you learn the kind of like, you know, moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh yeah i'd love to hear about just kind of what you're working on right now so chicago fire has been what i've been with the most lately and i'm happy i couldn't be happier because that i i'm actually someone who does watch the show coincidentally to working on it 
Sure. So that's probably been, you know, the one I've been doing the most on. And that's not, you know, consistent, unfortunately, as we were discussing earlier. So it's, you know, it's very much on an additional basis. And it's based on the needs and wants of the production at large. So I'm kind of at the will of that right now, but it's kind of like, I got to settle for it a little bit and just work my butt off to really prove I can stay and, you know, be worth the full-time status with them. Right. That you're devoted and that, you know, you're not going to get weeded out. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, sure. My last question for you, Jack, is um, what, uh, so what are some of your goals uh, for, the year to come you know uh i know that the world is going to slowly kind of like return to some semblance of normalcy as the months go by as the vaccines keep rolling out um so a lot is unpredictable but i'd love to hear just kind of what yeah like what's on your mind what what do you feel like you can really set your mind to uh for the remainder of 2021 yeah so for me you know i'm just hoping that like obviously get more experience within the industry and I know with, especially with like Chicago fire, you know, we're almost at the tail end of the season seasons were cut short. And so I, I know that is kind of a, not an issue. It's just something I got to like, just know in the back of my mind, but thankfully there's a lot of talk about, you know, stuff coming this summer. So there's a lot of talk within our industry that the summer for Chicago should be a very fruitful one as far as work goes. So It'll be good to get more work on what's to come, especially if it's like a pilot show. It'll be cool to kind of be a part of something so new and so kind of fresh on everyone's mind. So my goal, obviously, with that is to kind of just keep chugging away with my end goal being to, to become an assistant director, but that's going to take years. But yeah. it's just kind of good to get the like kind of wheels in motion finally and kind of just know where to put my mind on that. Sure, yeah. Um, do you feel like, like, do you see yourself staying in Chicago for a while? It's tough because, um, because I'm very devoted to this line of work. I've been, I've been kind of, I've been kind of going through a mental thought of like, do I move to, like, if I move, can I only move to cities I know are fruitful in this industry? Like, can I only do Los Angeles, New York, Atlanta, city, you know, Atlanta, you know, things like that. Or can I go somewhere else and maybe, you know, still manage? I, one of the ideas I've nursed in the back of my head was if I can make it eventually as an assistant director, live in like maybe not the big film city, but live outside of it, but then kind of work as a local in the bigger metropolis. I could see merit to that because you also get away a little detached from some of that hustle and bustle of that. Yeah. Like massive market too. So um, yeah, man, I mean, sky's the limit, but uh, I think that you have like a good head on your shoulders and you have uh, you're persistent with like your long-term goal. So I, I think you're definitely going to get there. Um, it's cool that uh it sounds like, you know, you've built a lot of discipline too with having to do some of the like, you know, the tedious, um, yeah. monotonous jobs, but that's, that's okay. You know, as, as long as it's like, you're, you're working on something bigger and, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm on, I'm, I'm just really glad that, you know, 
I was able to kind of like know, like, you know, kind of have what I've been referring to in a very weird sense, like kind of like a Phoenix like story with, you know, it took, took me kind of falling on my face a little bit to really like, you know, figure out what I wanted and like know how to achieve it. So like, despite of how it played out, you know, I couldn't be happier with, you know, how things are now moving, you know, in the universe right now. Right on. Well, you have a pretty good view of the universe from those clouds right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, oh yeah, dude. Well, uh, on our way out, as we close out, I ask everyone the same two things. Uh, the first question, Jack, is what keeps you up at night? Um, besides natural insomnia, um, I don't know. That's a great question. What keeps me up at night? Um, I don't know. Probably just the anticipation of like, you know, just that will to work more because of having so much fun on it. It's just like that, like kind of like kid, like mentality, like I want more of it. Like it's fun, you know, like, so kind of like, it's just that like yearning for more opportunity and like just realizing how much fun I've been having thus far and just kind of like craving more of that in the most healthy way possible. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm with you there. Um, the second question is what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um, I guess for me, it's like, for me, I'm, you know, someone who likes to take each thing day by day. So just like, kind of like chill. Um, and I, I've, you know, I've dealt with naysaying in the past, whether it's, you know, just other people that aren't really clear about this industry, nor do they care to, or just, you know, work in such a comfortable industry that they're kind of worldview about you know the liberal arts side is very skewed so i guess if if we're thinking metaphorically what puts me asleep i would say it's just all the naysaying that like you know like you know people that are like saying wouldn't it be better to do this because it's you know more of this you know yeah. and for me it's just like nah i like what i'm doing but thanks for your unhelpful tip like <laughs> yeah yeah I do it that too, like give you sort of unsolicited advice of like what you should do next for your career. And like, I don't know, I, I feel like I have a good grip on what I'm doing. It's, it's not, it's a long-term thing. There's not going to be immediate results, but I feel like I know what I'm doing. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Jack, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for uh, hitting me up to, to do it, man. Great to see but, you too. Yeah. It was it's been a long time coming, but I'm glad we did make this work. And hopefully, you know, hopefully when the time is right, then we can hopefully, you know, just catch up even more just because it's, you know, like we said, we've known each other for so damn long that, you know, there's a lot of other like, you know, conversation material that's like even, you know, beyond the scope of today. Absolutely. Yeah, we we got to get behind the scenes. No pun intended. Uh, exactly. We, we will soon. Um, hit me up next time you're in Milwaukee, for sure. I will. Absolutely. Rock on. Uh, for everyone watching, uh, I'll be uh, keeping an eye out on Jack Salzman here. Uh, I'll be tagging a link to uh, some of the stuff he's been working on. Um, check it out. Uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guys. Always, we'll see you next time.